This is JFM Podcast. Good evening to you and welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak Fanab. It's a beautiful Tuesday evening, 19th of uh, December 2023. Emeka Omesi is here. Good evening, Emeka. How's your day? Good evening, and good Ponsa. Good evening um, to our listener. My day was beautiful. Um, it's a very good day for me. Um, beyond the political conversations that has obviously filled the Nigerian political mm. space, one other thing that got my attention today has to be the proliferation of fake everything, fake, fake food items, you know, in malls and, you know, places where people buy stuff, you know. And recently, I think it was NAVDAC, I think it was a post on, by NAVDAC last week, if I'm not mistaken, where they, you know, apprehended a set of business people, probably to use that word quite loosely there, who were making fake... No, criminals. Yeah, criminals, right. That. Business people are honest. They're honest. Criminals um, who were making fake soft drinks, you know, and packaging it and selling to people. And we thought, okay, hey, it's just fake soft drink. Uh, maybe the, you know, the bodies in charge will do something to it. And people started to reveal that it seems as though almost all the things that they've been, we've been taking are fake from you know canned um you know drinks to um supplements that people take you know everything seems to many things rather seems to be fake and i think it draws the attention to two things one positive thing is that again this is not to say what the people have done is good but it also shows that if things are done right nigerians are industrious and innovative i know this is not something that is new to us um every time we see fake use the word fake things fake shoes fake bags. I remember one time when somebody wanted to buy Louis Vuitton and Louis Vuitton had, had a different uh, spelling to the one we usually see on TV. But it means that Nigerians are industrious. And if the government and the people in charge are honest enough and put the right things in place, that production would not be a problem for us. Even with the state of the nation, even with the lack of equipment that we need to produce certain things, um, people are finding, you know, um, ingenious ways to make them. Even though, of course, some of these things are not healthy. That's one, that's the positive side of that. But the negative side is it calls to question the recent report by, the, by NAVDAC in 2022 that Nigeria has just about 15% of drug in circulation now um again i do not know how true that report is and how how much has been validated but if a good number of people have come out to say it seems as though many of the things we are eating and buying from the stores are not true it means at first either that 15 percent is not true or there's something nobody's telling us secondly it also calls to question what the standard organization of nigeria is doing we've often made mention on several different platforms how it seems as though nothing is standardized in nigeria anymore once upon a time the things you used to buy for a certain price the prices increase but the quality of those things reduce and nobody's saying anything nobody's doing anything for now that um, um, 
again, I don't want to cast aspersions as to whether or not they're doing their job. But if you have this amount of, you know, of fake products in the market and people are complaining, it means that you obviously are not doing what you should be doing. There's also the health hazards and the implications, not just now, but in the future of what these things will have to us. Um, it means that if these things are not checked, um, the next five to 10 years would have health challenges in our hands that our healthcare system cannot deal with. So there's a plethora of problems with a few criminals thinking that profiting from other people's hard work and making fake products that sometimes do not have NAVDAQ approvals or even the approvals from NAVDAQ were not due diligence were not done to ensure that those products are good it's a big problem for us again um the president has shown in some of the things decisions he has made that he's well um, you know vast and committed to ensuring the country works but i think this one especially when it comes to fake drugs fake products fake food items in the market it has to be curtailed. I have not seen anything from NAVDAQ yet. I'm hoping that they are working, you know, um, around the clock with their communication team to speak, but I would expect them to say something. Yeah, well, it was NAVDAQ that uh, we need to give it to NAVDAQ because NAVDAQ was the, they were the agency that busted uh, the fake liquor and, you know, the soft drinks in Abia State. Uh, Umhaya to be precise and yesterday from the news report they said that we they've been telling you know uh, these fake products from the northern part of the country and you know they saw the factory in uh, southeastern uh, part of the country and uh, yesterday when I read uh, the report in depth you know I just ha had a flashback of the late Dora Kunyili you know and all that she has done for our country and making sure that people are safe and they consume uh, things that will not be harmful, you know, to their body. So, uh, NAVDAQ, you know, was at the center of this. And uh, this is an encouragement for them to uh, um, do more, especially, you know, this whole issue of uh, sachet water, what we call pure water, basically. Yes. You know, there are lots that I'm seeing, you know, that um, call to question, you know, how did they get your licenses? And in Jules, you know, you have small businesses that are springing up, but they don't have the NAVDAQ number. What the SON usually does is just standards at standardization. You know, if you're exporting, they give you the MANCAP number, you know, the manufacturer's uh, number uh, and what have you. And you have to uh, go through the Manufacturer Association of Nigeria. That is MAN, uh, SON, uh, Standard Organization of Nigeria is just standards, uh, standards, uh, standardization. And they have, you know, specific standards. And this is what makes us different from the rest of the world, I would say. Because if you travel to or if you've purchased any item or good from uh, the West, you know, the standard is really top-notch. Uh, and in some countries, the standards that people consume in their country is different from the standard mm, that they export. export. Uh, during the time of Aoudogba, you know, that is... A uh, classical example happened when Nigeria, you know, exported yams, you know, to the United States. It had to be shipped back to the country because the U.S. government said, look, this thing didn't meet the standards, you know, of our country. And, you know, as human beings that will consume uh, and this whole argument or debate, even the health hazard, uh, because these people don't want for their citizens to consume anything and then they have a new health challenge yes. that is alien to them and doctors you know finding very difficult you know to treat just like you know someone that i know very closely that 
Uh, again, may so rest in peace. He contacted malaria in Nigeria and then he traveled to the U.S., but the U.S. doctors didn't know how to treat malaria, and that's how we, lo- we lost him. We lost him, you know. Uh, very, yes, very sad and uh, unfortunate. Well, the Rivers crisis is, has taken another turn. Yesterday, the president uh, met with stakeholders uh, in Abuja, and then there was a peace, peace agreement that was brokered between the president, Simfubara, uh, uh, and Nyesan Wiki. Uh, they signed the agreement at the presidential villa uh, yesterday during a meeting with President Tinubu. Uh, well, when I saw the terms, you know, of the agreement, I asked myself, so is the president undermining, you know, what the court has said that uh, Ahim, you know, uh, the speaker, what's his name, Ahim Edison, is not legitimate, but they want to affirm the speaker of Nyesong uh, Wike. Uh, I think that this is too much. This is really too much because if we're undermining government institutions uh, based on the whims and caprices of one person, uh, in this instance, you know, Governor Nyesong, former Governor Nyesong Wike, uh, then it's unfortunate. How do we expect our democracy to grow and thrive? I mean, that is a question that I've been asking. And if you look at lo- the terms of the agreement, you know, I I was just dumbfounded. I, I, th- I think it's best. Let me read out the eight, um, yeah, yeah. eight point resolutions. It will help. <laughs> eight of them. And one of them, all matters instituted in the courts by the governor of River State, Safubara, Simfubara, and his team in respect of the political crisis in River State shall be withdrawn immediately. Two, all impeachment proceedings initiated against the governor of River State by the River State House of Assembly should be dropped immediately. Three, the leadership of the River State House of Assembly, as led by um, Honorable Martin Amowele, shall be recognized alongside the 24 members who resigned from the PDP. The remunerations and benefits of all members of the River State House of Assembly and their staff must be reinstated immediately and the governor of River State shall henceforth not interfere with the full funding of the River State House of Assembly. Um, for, I think for, the River State House of Assembly shall choose where they want to sit and conduct their legislative business without interference and or hindrance from the executive arm of government. The governor of River State, Sim Fubara, shall represent the state's budget to a properly constituted River State House of Assembly. The names of all commissioners in the River State Executive Council who resigned the appointments because of the political crisis in the state should be resubmitted to the House of of assembly for approval, there should not be a Ketka committee for the local government from River State. The dissolution of the local government administration is null and void and shall not be recognized. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, it clearly shows that our democracy thrives on the whims and caprices of individual instead of government institution, which is very, very sad. You know, look at these eight uh, items. Again, you know, just like I was telling you, politicians will always remain politicians because this is a huge distraction, you know, uh, for Governor Simfubara. And for me, I don't know why... Um, what made them? What made him? Because we saw even signatures uh, to sign, you know, some of this agreement, these terms. Uh, but a chieftain of the APC, Chief Eze Chukwemaka Eze, has claimed that Sim Fubara did not sign the peace agreement brokered by President Bola Tinubu. <laughs> what do we believe? Okay, <laughs> well, just it's not the issue of belief, but let the listeners, you know, decide. Let's play this answer. When we come back, we have two guests. 
we're going to talk about you know lots of interesting you know issues uh, from uh, re uh, reality newspapers reporting that uh, a group, the associate, uh, claiming that uh, Governor Mudfang you know uh, is lobbying his way to get a favorable uh, court judgment, you know, at the Supreme Court, and of course the young people in. Governor Mudfang's uh, government, you know, doing incredibly well, you know, I would say, uh, just like the Commissioner for Urban Development, Honorable Joshua Obando Malavan, uh, promising to build smart homes. I think this, one of the things that I'm seeing, you know, Emeka, and uh, to be modest um, with this government is that when Governor Mudfang brought the idea of uh, resuscitating the train service, you know, I thought that how possible, you know, is this? I really thought that, look, it may just be a political statement. Yes. But when I saw train coaches and then I spoke with the commissioner for transportation of record and he told me that indeed, you know, uh, it's the talks is in advance, you know, level. And then I had an interview with the uh, union leader of the railway union, uh, uh, Comrade Ajiji. Uh, and then he told me that, is indeed true and then here we have it the rehabilitation of you know the rail racks and of course the importation of uh, train coaches i said that look it's i i think that you know the governor is an honorable person uh, for him to say something and maintain mm. his word sure you know that is uh one of i love people who are who I'm going to take the award to, to, the, to bank, the bank, you know. So for uh, the Commissioner for Urban Development saying that uh, smart homes will be built, I I, I like I the idea. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take it. You know, the pinch of salt. I said, well, I'm open. I'm open because I mean, when they said train service, I doubted. But you know, but I'm open. Are. Yeah, I'm open uh, to anything. When we come back, we have two guests. The show will continue. Stay here. Yes, uh, if parties who have a dispute agree on some terms to resolve the, the dispute remains dissolved. Between them, between the two of them, as far as uh, they're concerned, the matter is resolved between them. Um, what may linger is the possibility of legal implications of have been taken. Uh, that would be a different matter. But as the parties, if they agree to on the terms they have reached, fine. Between them, the conflict is resolved. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, that's part of what um, I refer to of uh, development have taken place. It's possible it's legal implications, developments. Um, yes, it remains that a place, uh, a house, been uh, um, accepted by both parties. Uh, but you know, I kept talking of possible legal implication. Is national part of that discussion? Uh, because if they were not, um, the issue they have commenced is a constitutional issue which cannot be by agreement. Um, so that remains open. Uh, but if they were part of the discussion and they're part of the agreement and they accepted those terms, then it will be taken that they've decided to waive uh, the possible rights that uh, arises for them under the constitution from the development that took place at the House of Assembly. That is the open question uh, about it. But for the parties, for the parties that have agreed, between the parties that have agreed, they cannot proceed. But third parties who have acquired interest or who have been affected by the act actions that took place during the crisis uh, will reserve the constitutional right to continue with their struggle. Certainly, uh, that, is, that is part of the challenge. It does not, the agreement between the parties does not supersede existing legal situations. Um, 
if the parties that went to court have agreed to um, to pull out from the courts and they pull out, then those matters are over. The matters in respect of which they went to court are over. Um, but you know, there are legal implications from actions that have been taken. Unless everybody who can react to it are part of this agreement, they may be able to continue with their reaction because the, the position of the law cannot be negotiated between parties and an agreement, there cannot be an agreement to uh, supersede the constitutional provisions. So yes, uh, if, if parties resolve and agree, they may choose where they want but if you want to reduce some of the things that have been done that have constitutional implications there will be, there will be constitutional uh, implications from that action. So some of those uh, actions uh, that of uh, Presenting the budget, we raise a legal issue. The budget may have already been uh, implemented. May, they may have started implementing the budget. That may raise an illegal issue. And then uh, recognizing the members who have taken action that in the constitution amounts to, to resignation from the House will also raise constitutional issues. And uh, which is why I said a party that is affected, like uh, the party from which they resign, would be able to proceed against them. Uh, but between them, those who find matters in court, if they agree and they apply and withdraw those matters, uh, for those particular matters, it's... it's Yeah, well, glad you're still here. The program is Nigeria at Sunset. My name is Ponsak Fanab, and I have, uh, yeah, Emeka. Uh, well, we have two guests. We have Mr. Uh, Janan Winston Moses is here with us. Good evening. Thank you very much for coming. Always a pleasure of being here. Yeah, well, and we have Mr. John Keller. Uh, good evening. Thank you for coming. Good evening, Plato. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I don't know whether you saw the news uh, about um, reality newspapers, you know, reporting that uh, government. I think uh, it's going to be in place. Let me just read the highlight, some of things that was contained, you know, uh, in that uh, news report. And then to get your reactions, uh, gentlemen. Well, here the caption for it is that Supreme Court alleged victory promise. There's need for Governor Keller Mudfang Esquire to publicly deny the rumor the associate. That's, you know, uh, the group. They said, a group under the edges of the associate has called on the Plantu State Governor Caleb Mudfang Esquire to publicly clear the allegation making the rounds in Plantu State that he has told his supporters and party members that his position as the Governor of Plantu State is secured and unshaken despite his pending appeal before the Supreme Court of Nigeria, wherein he is challenging the verdict of the Court of Appeal that sacked him from office. The rumor making the rounds especially in Jaws, the capital of Plateau State, holds allegedly that the governor specifically told his supporters, party men, and party faithfuls that he has secured the promise of President Ahmed Tinubu on his victory at the Supreme Court among those of other top judiciary officers. Well, let's talk about this. Uh, I have not... I mean, of all the times that Governor Mutfang, you know, will make such statement that... Um, about you know pending court case, he always uh, make allusion you know to God because he's a person of faith. You know, obviously, you know, uh, Governor Mutfang is a strong person. You know, of faith. So uh, I have not heard him you know making any boast uh, or making any boastful remarks or comments saying that. Uh, just like you know, Honorable Yusuf Gagdi will say that uh, when we go there, we shall know whom they know. Uh, he has, but he always tell his supporters that. Keep praying, keep calm, and he's like, he's focused on, you know, delivering the mandate the Plato people have given him. 
with the obvious things that he has done in the last seven months or so. Let me talk to, let me start with uh, Mr. Winston Janan Moses. I mean, when you saw this report, what came to your mind uh, as a plateau person or uh, as a political juggernaut, you know, in your own, in your own right? Uh, frankly, before Golden Man, when I saw that report, I wasn't surprised at all. Do not forget, I have said this severally on this platform and other platforms, that demystifying the APC is very simple. They thrive on propaganda and the sales of hate. That is what they do. We know very well that they will throw propaganda at us and accuse us of being the ones who are initiating propaganda. Hear me, but it's the Caleb Mutfang has never at any occasion or at any spot alluded to the fact that he has met, according to that report, they said that he had the words of Mr. President. Yeah. But that is false. It's fallacy. The operators of the APC on the plateau are irresponsible. And I can prove it. If you allow me. Yeah, of course, yeah. What I'm trying to yeah. tell you, you is You are legitimate proof, yeah. Hear me. What I'm trying to tell you is this. They know they didn't win the election. The first statement that the candidate of the APC met when Barista Caleb Mudfang was announced as the winner of the election at the polls, he said that we know they stole the election and we can prove it. That is who? That is... Mentawe? Uh, yes. Okay. That was the first statement he meant. Okay. Then what I'm trying to say is that is he able to prove that we stole the election? But he's in court. I, I think what that, I'm saying is yeah. that have you ever seen any judgment given in favor of the APC? I mean, pronouncing that we stole the election? That is never done anywhere. Listen, they had councillors to every ward in the state. They had local government chairmen. They had commissioners, advisors, and all the political structure was in their favor. We didn't even have the means to rig the election. They were the ones we caught them. I've said this repeatedly, and I challenge them to charge me to code if I'm lying. We know that the evidence we have. We caught them red-handed trying to steal our election. You understand what I'm saying? But for the intervention that we put in, that woman would have been lynched at Miango Junction there. That is in the public domain. Don't take my word for it. So where did they did they did they did they get the proof or even a suggestion that the PDP tried to steal their election? So yeah, but you know something? Let me tell you if they had gone to court to say that we stole the election in Susu Place. We would have been able to show them where we know they duplicated election election results from several polling units in other polling units. Yeah, but, so, but yeah, oh, yeah, listen. Yeah, but, what I'm trying to tell uh, you. Yeah, is I would like for us to stay on this because the issue at hand is that the associate, the group, say has said that Governor Mulfang has got the buying of President I am trying Tinubu, to tell you, and Mulfang is making boast that look, I've met the president, so everything that, is going to be all right. I am right. saying that His Excellency, the Executive Governor of Plateau State, the People's Mandate, 
did not make that statement anywhere. It is a propaganda of the APC, and the people of Plato are not naive. They could see through the lines. They know those who care for them. They know those who are giving them good governance. And they know those who are hiding under the, 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 the pretense of justice, fairness, and equity to, 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 to manipulate political powers and resources for their families and also for their self-ego. Right. Let me come to Mr. John Kelly. I mean, when you saw this new, uh, news report, what came to your mind uh, as a strong supporter, you know, of uh, Governor Mutfang, uh, were you happy to say that at least, you know, uh, Mutfang has a godfather in Tinubu, you know, for him to say such thing and, you know, your mind was at, you know, ease? Uh, or what, what, what was your reaction? Well, basically, sometimes I, I have a feeling that uh, probably we have overflogged um, the issue of the judicial debacle in Plata State. And at times, again, I still also have a feeling that there is need for us to debase some of these um, illusions that um, usually come up with um, the happenings in the plateau. Um, because if you look at it, the social media has been saturated with quite a lot of information. And, and some of those information, I could say that uh, maybe 90% of such are unsubstantiated reports. Now, um, they, we agree to the fact that... From uh, reality newspapers? You're saying that it's... Not, not even just from the reality okay. newspaper, but basically the social media entirely, you know, with those unsubstantiated reports. Now, if you look at it um, critically, um, looking at the outbursts that came from the conduct of the election from both parties, you know, um, throwing words and um, some of the words were being carelessly thrown, you know, at each other. But I want to maintain the point on this balance that... Like any other person, Governor Caleb Mudfwan, you know, has not at any point raised an issue to that effect. But the reality of the matter is that all those who went to court, both at the national level and also the state level, they've always been very optimistic by telling their supporters that we are very hopeful and we're very optimistic of victory, either at the appellate court or even at the Supreme Court. So I think that does not in any way you know, translate to the fact that the governor had a conversation with um, the president and some leadership of um, uh, the judiciary to affirm his position. And if you look at his disposition right from the beginning, you now realize that this is someone who is not perturbed by all these distractions that are coming up and down. And I also agree to one fact that my brother had raised, because at times when I read some of this information, I, I'll be like, okay, what are these guys actually looking for, right? When you send forth a message, you are sending forth a message to make the message go viral. Once the message, go, message goes viral, you start looking for an interpretation. And that interpretation, you'll always want to spoke a reaction from the ruling party. And that's what I've seen uh, so far. And I've also maintained that good leaders don't talk much. And I love the fact that in all issues, um, the director of press to the governor, Gangbere, had raised or had issued a statement some time ago mm -hmm. that once you do not see a message on the letterhead of the governor's office to whatever effect, just know that that is fake news. So this should also be categorized and trashed into the can of um, some of those fake information that emanates just to elicit a response you know, from, from the government. So basically, that's the reality. So to me, at times, I have a feeling that there's no need even to dignify such people by responding to some of these lies that are being peddled on the social media or by certain um, faceless groups. Now, over time that we've been in politics, sometimes when you ask a question, you know, say, okay, the associates, where have they been? 
since 2015. Where have they been since 2023 when we started the campaign process into the election? And today the elections have been won and lost. And we're now having a new group called Associates. And the Associates are beginning to demand for an explanation. I don't think the government needs to dignify the Associates by responding to them in that manner. Whatever information that's legit that the people of Plateau State needs to know, the people will be fully informed of. And again, the governor had maintained very clearly that he has so much respect for the judiciary. And he made that statement on countless times. So he's upholding as a lawyer. He knows the, 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 the means at which the judicial movements are being conducted. So basically, he wouldn't want to also delve into issues that will be count, you know, counterproductive you know, to his own profession as a lawyer. Right. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't think that issue is worth even um, debating on at right. the moment. Yeah, well, well, so, you see, let me, let me say something. Yeah. Yeah, it's very important I make this point. But it's the Caleb Mutfang is a servant in the Temple of Justice. Is a solicitor of the Supreme Court of the Federal Republic of Nigeria for crying out loud. He knows the norms and values of the judicial practices in this country. He is not irresponsible. You can see he is providing you responsible leadership already on the plateau. You see, those who are against the leadership of the PDP on the plateau I call them irresponsible because of this. One, I have said this here, and I challenge SAN, Edward Pojok, charge me to court that his conduct is not acceptable because it raises question of ethical practice of his of his, his profession. Well, let's not go to that. No, no, it's no, at I'm his coming. own discretion. I'm, I'm you know, it's at his own discretion you know, to do uh, however. To, yeah. I don't want to be quoted out yeah. of context. Yeah. I need to learn this point. Yeah, but we should, we should uh, put this conversation in context that it's at his own discretion. But you know, I, to am, do. I am also trying to tell you that yeah. his conduct is not acceptable. What I'm trying to say is that was he not aware that the PDP had a structure that he came lobbying to be the deputy gubernatorial candidate of Barista Caleb Mutfua? Was he not aware? You see, the problems we've had in this party in the state is always coming from over-pampered, self-exalting individuals on the plateau who had undue advantages to benefit from the party. No. They are coming back to hunt. Listen, yeah. what I'm trying to tell you is this, that do not take the award for it. There is no place, no spot, nowhere where Barista Caleb... I can't even Thank imagine yeah, well, the personality of yeah. Barista Caleb Mufa making such statements. Let me come to John Kelly and then I'll uh, hand over the baton to uh, Emeka for the next round of questioning. The issue of smart homes, you know, by the Commissioner for Urban Development, Honorable Joshua Lavan Obandoma, a young person, uh, someone... I mean, whether you like it, whether you like Obandoma, you don't like him. One thing that I can say for a fact that he has been very consistent in his fight for justice when he was denied his mandate uh, as the duly elected chairman of Langtang North. Uh, he went to court, won the state government nine out of ten times. And then uh, uh, at the tail end, you know, his mandate was given to him, himself, you know, uh, his time and what have you. But... Let's talk about this uh, brilliant idea that he coming out from his ministry, the issue of smart homes. What do you think, Mr. John Kelly? Um, you see, um, I love the fact that our democracy creates room, you know, for either the president or the governor to make appointments. You know, uh, in this particular case, the governor will have to make appointments of commissioners. 
and those who will help in the discharge of his responsibility mm. because he is the initiator or the policy bearer. So for you to discharge such policy, then you need to appoint technical people or people with a brilliant experience to exact you know, the same. Now, having the set of commissioners that we have today on the plateau, uh, I think some of them are doing quite well. When I read about the smart homes that um, uh, the Ministry for Urban and Town Planning are muting, I was excited about it because the conversation does not even start and end within the plateau. It was a conversation that was held in collaboration with the Federal Housing Authority and also a Pan-African financial institution. So the idea is to see how they could uh, um, uh, reduce the cost of living by civil servants within the city centre. You will agree with me that most people who are within the city centre, most of them are from you know um, the hinterland within the plateau senatorial the entire plateau um, as a state across the, so state. across the state. So once you are in plateau state and you're trying to have a place and a board for yourself, there's always this kind of difficulty in trying to access you know um, probably a more comfortable you know place for you to stay. And probably if you get a very comfortable place for you to stay, how much are you going to pay you know for it? So having these smart homes and the idea is being muted at the moment and negotiations and conversations are still ongoing. So by the time you have this, you will see that most of the civil service probably that were staying in shanties they will now have comfortable accommodation to stay with their families i have visited quite a couple of civil servants that are working within the state and i have seen that lack as far as the basic amenities and basic facilities are concerned so i will say that this initiative that is coming from that uh, the, uh, the, the the ministry for urban and town planning under the leadership of um Ubanduma is well commendable and, and other commissioners also are doing a great job but you think that that will reduce the issue of housing deficit we have because it's a problem even within just bukro metropolis absolutely people don't have decent homes you know to absolutely. live absolutely which was why i raised the issue mm. i've visited quite a lot of people yeah i'm um, like um tinibu will say he's a city boy i'm a town boy <laughs> So, so, I like that. So, so I've I been like to that. quite a lot of places. I've interacted with quite a lot of people and I have seen the needs and the lack in all these areas. So by the time we have this in place, you will now see people shifting because it's going to come at a lower cost. Not at the exorbitant rates that landlords, you know, charge, you know, normal tenants who will want to. Uh, because I've seen some, uh, some, some landlords coming with notices even uh, at the, the end of this period in notifying their tenants of their intention to Your increase rent's up, yeah. rents and what mm-hmm. have you. Now, when you just oppose that with what the tenants are paying, you will see that the tenants are even highly exploited in that area. Mm-hmm. So the state government via the Ministry of Urban Planning, they are going to cut short, you know, um, that gap that exists between the landlords, you know, in rented houses and the smart homes that the governments would build. I also know very well that it's been quite a while that Plateau State, we haven't had, you know, this um, uh, uh, housing estates, you know, in, in the state. The first, the, the, one, the first one we had was that um, around Coca-Cola, that in Coa, uh, Channel PIPC, 7, I mean, yeah. the PIPC housing estate, mm. and um, uh, several attempts were made. And, Even and, the La Long administration, yes, it was just audio. And all that. Yeah. So I think um, it's a smart move that has been made at the moment to see that uh, um, that issue is being, yeah. you know. Yeah, Mr. Winston, do you think that uh, this is not audio just like uh, we had during the La Long administration that uh, under the administration of uh, Caleb Mutfang? Uh, through the uh, Ministry of Housing and Urban Development, Obandoma is going to uh, bring this to reality, you know, the issue of smart homes to reduce the cost of housing, you know, for civil servants and, of course, ensure that people live in decent homes. During the campaigns, we promised you that His Excellency, Barisakale Mutfang, is going to provide responsible leadership for the people of Plato. And given his records for the past six months 
walk to the street as a journalist, ask every plateau citizen if he had expected this level of jobs that you see going on on road constructions. These are the ones that are visible. There are other things that are going on that people are not aware of. Like the things that his Hechi is doing already about the higher institution panels that have visited and have looked at. There is already an assessment that have been submitted to Hechi and is looking at what to be done next and all the things that he's doing. I can tell you that this is not going to be audio. By the grace of God, by the time His Excellency is spending his three years in office, there will be no opposition on the plateau. Take my word to the bank. For as long as we continue on this trajectory of providing the dividends of democracy for our people, we have no reason to go in for another campaign. People will come begging for him to run for a second term. You know why? Plateau voters are sophisticatedly, sophisticatedly rated, glow, I mean, nationally. Therefore, they know what they want. They know what is good for them. And they see development and they appreciate it. Therefore, you have the guarantee that there will be nothing that is going to be odio in the government of Barista Caleb Mutfang. Well, Emeka. All right, I may, if I for want of time, I'll just ask my questions quickly to yeah. Mr. Keller. Um, you made mention of the smart homes. So for the people listening who have no idea what smart homes are, what exactly are smart homes? And secondly, don't you think this is putting the cart before the horse? He mentioned we have housing deficits. It enjoys about 28 million housing deficits in the country. Um, the um, in some areas, we have very terrible housing, you know, um, poor drainage systems, everything is messy. Is smart homes what we need now? Or are we supposed to be fixing the simple basic things first before taking the leap into making smart homes? Well, I, I, I always say that um, during our secondary school period, we, they always talk about the basic social amenities. Yes. <laughs> and when they call those basic social amenities, and housing happens to fall as part of it. Because one thing I see very critically is that if you do not have a very comfortable abode, it is disorienting to the person per se. Now, not even from the realm of the general public, take the statistics entirely as Nigeria is concerned, there is housing deficit in the entire country. And that is being worked out within the governing cycle, apart from the individuals that are struggling to get housing by themselves, building their own infrastructures. Okay, let's say for instance, in the city center, you can be staying um, in Mongo and um, coming to work in Jaws. You can't be staying in Shendam, be coming to work in Jaws. No, so if we have these housing estates within the city center, that civil servants is their congregating point where you come and you have the state secretariat here and you work. So your ability to dispense quality service even to the state is worth it. So it must be looked at in that perspective, not only looking at other areas or issues that you are uh, raising. Because now, the, the entire workload, if you are looking at the perception of the government in terms of service delivery, how can the government deliver service when the civil servants are non-channeled? Okay, how can the government deliver good service when the civil servants do not have you know, the ability to cope with their social maintenance in handling those issues? So what the government is looking at at this perspective, not only in Plateau State, I can even relate to other states that have seen governments trying to raise the bar in trying to build housing estates for their civil servants. So when you now have those 
um, structures being put in place smartly, you now realize that the government is working towards, you know, revamping the civil service in itself. My, my question, sorry to cut you, is do we need smart homes now or do we need regular homes? Smart homes, obviously, um, from what I know, are highly technological homes that has a lot of interconnectivity. Do we need smart homes in the real sense of it or we just need the regular house where people can stay and do their business? Having smart homes, okay, now let me take the explanation to this level. How the government works in terms of building housing estates. You don't build two units here and you go to Hoshi and build two units and go to another area and build another unit. Now, it's just a congregation of housing within a particular area. Probably you could have 100 housing units. Okay. You could have 1,000 housing units, you know, per session. So you could demarcate the entire mapping of the state. Let's say, for instance, we have Plateau North, you know, which is the main hub for the entire civil servants. You could say, for instance, at the Lamingo Axis, I'm going to build 1,000 housing units. So that 1,000 housing units, you're going to have all the basic amenities. You're going to have markets. You're going to have security outposts. You're going to have a football pitch. You're going to okay. have, you know, the entire amenities, you know, that are needed, you know, in for the place. people within that area. Right. Then again, you could come probably to the area of Basa local government. That's okay. I'm going to build another 1,000 housing units within this area to also accommodate another set of civil servants. So when you put the housing units, let's say within the state, you're now having about three or four housing units scattered within the zone then you will have taken care of the needs of the civil servants. Because I know a lot of civil servants who are working here at the Secretariat, they are coming all the way from Bukuru, they'll come and work here and return back. Some stay as far as um, Mariraban Jama'a, looking at the proximity. In fact, some even come as far as from Rio to come and work here within the city center and return back. So the idea is to reduce the load, you know, uh, on the civil servants. I'm also looking at the issue of the transportation, you know, uh, that has become a hot cake now. Transporting uh, transporting yourself from, uh, you know, um, as far as Rio to Jaws is quite a a distance and you spend a lot of money. So the smart homes are going to help. For want of time, I would have to cut you short there. Um, So, Mr. Winston, finally, um, for like two minutes, Um, smart homes, good idea. My question is, where do you get the funding from? The governor recently signed, you know, the appropriation bill into law. No, by the way, he just signed it today. Just signed it today. He just signed, signed it, today. it today, yeah. So where do you get the funding from? Um, we know that when it comes to things like this, it needs a lot of money. Do they go borrow? If it's going to be smart homes, and obviously, if I'm going, if I'm, if I'm picking for what Mr. Kelly said, it's obviously going to be subsidized. How do you balance funding and building the smart homes in the state? You know, before I respond to your question, just to lay foundation to it, I would like to emphasize on something he said earlier. Building a smart home does not necessarily mean that it is expensive. I'm a contractor, and from my experience in the field, I know that what determines the cost of a building is the choice of materials. Do not forget that we are in a technological era. There are materials of building constructions that are cheaper than the regular building uh, norms you know today. So it does not necessarily reflect that those homes are going to be expensive. Okay. That is it. Okay? Because uh, um, going back to your question now, you know, um, this government is focusing on harnessing revenue for the state. Do not forget if you look at the appropriation bill, there is a serious projection for revenue collection in the state. Yes. And the state government intends to, 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 to uh, implement those policies. Our budget was submitted for $309 billion. 
but the House of Assembly deemed it fit to jack it up to 314, all right? Yeah. So it means that the members of the House of Assembly, after deliberating on the budget and looking at the possibility of the projections, saw that, oh, you have not even captured this appropriately. That is why they made provision for the increase. So let's wait and see. This guy is just coming on, on board. And before now, if you ask an average plateau man that the activity this government is carrying on, particularly, I just keep that of road construction because it is the one people can see. There are a lot of things that the governor is doing that you don't need. You know, but Caleb is not a noisemaker. He believes in you seeing what he's doing on the ground. Did he come out to tell you that he's embarking on road uh, 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 rehabilitations? He didn't. People woke up one day and they saw it happening. Just trust the government. All right. The well, government just, is just, going to deliver. Just, on just, just one minute. Yeah. Uh, no, just yeah. one minute. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, 30 seconds. Okay. 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 Right. Because Where the government is actually getting the funds, even. Yeah. It's a partnership with the Federal Housing Authority and yeah. the Pan African Bank, you know, Afri Africa. So when you look at it, so the government is bringing a portion. And you also have these um, lenders who are also collaborating with the government to see that this um, uh, housing, smart housing uh, move become a reality, basically. 0812187777 or you call 0905566699. Don't forget to turn down the volume of your radio before you call or you turn it off completely and then you tell us the name and where you're calling from. Let's take the first call. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Thank you for calling. Join the conversation. Please tell us your name first. Thank you very much. This is the voice of Anguar Kuba, great comrade Dado Antiba Solomon. I'm calling from Anguar Kuba. We're listening. Thanks for calling. Well, for that, uh, the two days have digested everything and analyzed it very well. You see, anybody that is against this development on the plateau must be read as a terror. The development is no longer a toy. Now we have seen it on ground. So we cannot allow anybody from anywhere to cause confusion for us on this very soft, a very solid foundation and the development that is ongoing by the people's governor, by the Sakala Manasseh Musang. Well, if APC or what we call the group are alleging that he has, he has begun to, to work for his way to stay through the Supreme Court, I am not surprised. You know, the Russia, they started. There is, there is nothing that I think not Should we fall our arms? Or oh, they think the governor should just sit down? This is the person that we have said so very many things about him negatively. That is APC to be specific. There are some group of people. I don't know whether they will be able to question uh, their, 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 their front. Uh, I mean, uh, Gagi. You see, Gagi. I must have to mention this name, Ponsak. He said so very many things and I have not had people condemning him. That guy, he said he spent money, enough money. I don't know whether EFCC are working in this country. If an individual will come out and say he spent this or so amount and for you not know, and for official sanction for his self-centeredness to cause confusion on the street. And the, so this person is working uh, on the street as a senior lawmaker and he is working on the street. Th yeah, thank you. Don't you think that person is a lawmaker? Uh, is a lawbreaker. So I'm calling on that to you, Paul Sack. You know that. This is an attack. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate this your thoughts. This is very okay for us. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's take the uh, next call. Hello, good evening. Oh, got too late. Sorry about that. Call us back when you get a chance. 081 2187 or you call 09055-666699. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. 
Hello, good evening. Thanks for calling. Tell us your name and join the conversation, please. Yeah, thank you very much. My name is Sadiq Umar. I'm calling for CC and Junction. We're listening. Go ahead, Sadiq. Thanks for calling. Yes, uh, I will comment on that. They have spoken very, very well. You see, the allegation raised by a certain group on Barista Khaled is not surprising, as you just have said. Before, initially, we have heard from the AP that if one person votes for Netawi, Netawi will become a governor. It's before the election. So you see, that to tell you that something is on ground. So it's not a surprise one that they are trying to snatch and grab all by all means. But all we believe is in God because people mandate is God power. Because uh, what uh, Barita Caleb is doing in Platinum actually is something that is very, very uh, surprising to the citizens. Because people in Platinum will not expect that something can be done in this uh, uh, seven months compared to eight years, eight years that have been wasted. So, you see, the achievement is very, very rare. So, even a blind man, you see, I heard a lot of people that are even regretting why they did not vote for Barista Khaled. These guys say that they're very, very commended uh, uh, one. So, we are calling on the governor to continue to do useful. Let him not be disregarded by this kind of information and by the, by the opposition. Because the opposition gets the means to do that. If I may advise the president, if the president will support Barita Khaled, he will win the heart of plateau citizens. So I don't think that that one should be an issue. But God is on the side of the governor. That's all what the governor Thank you. 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 Well, Emeka, could you please help us? You know, take some comment on uh, on social media yeah, on Facebook please. at JFM Joss. Um, we have some interesting comment here. I read like two of them before I go over to Twitter. Julius Achigak says, "I am following the rerun elections, which is scheduled on the first week for the first week of February, and we pray for and we pray for successful rerun elections." Plateau State should be our topmost priority and may God help us. Katsala Ayuba said, smart homes is a good idea, um, beautiful plants, but till Supreme Court stand in between, wish him luck. Fel Kuka Factors Guwan says, good to hear the development from the appeal courts. I always advise you to be careful with the ways the elites are using us for their selfish ambition. Their children will not be among. Izang Joshua says, every government... First tenure is always wow, but I bet you the second tenure is for their pocket and families. This is what has been happening since the days of Darius' regime, at which Platt will be giving them one tenure in office. Second tenure is always terrible. Finally, on Facebook here, Don Z says, Peace agreement between Wiki and Fubara in the villa is also an eye-opener for us in the poor masses. We are fighting ourselves because some of these selfish politicians, it is, sorry, we are fighting ourselves for these selfish politicians, it is high time we unite and see ourselves as one, just as the politicians see themselves. Heading over now to Twitter, over that to X, where we have some interesting comments here. Pankey's Borough says the agreement is still selfish and self-centered. For Barra must stand and defend his rights as a legitimate governor of River State. Afan goes at Adiji Afan with the blatant lawlessness displayed by Wiki. One would think he's not a lawyer. Also, the truth brokered by Alsorok is extra 
extra-constitutional as state affairs are outside the president's purview, except in special circumstances, like a state of emergency. I am negative about it. Also here, Jimmy underscore claims goes, my problem is Wiki doesn't know he was a role model to some people, but it's what he's doing. He's only losing that position. So my governor's case, APC should rest. They've done their eight years and did nothing. Please, um, let them allow PDBs to do their own. Good evening. And finally, Julius Achiga, or rather, just Dr. Young, N.R. Yango Guanjon says, It was too early for the fight between Wiki and Fubara. Loyalty in politics, you don't joke with it. Presenting budget to only five loyal members is unacceptable. Now that the president has intervened, I hope they reconcile and I pray the governor escapes the Supreme Court hammer. He is loved. <coughs> Well, thank you, Emeka, for helping out. Uh, gentlemen, please go ahead and respond to the comment and give your final word. Well, uh, my final word is going to be this. Plato people should ignore the propaganda coming from the APC. They are trying to create an alibi for the judicial hit job we experienced at the Court of Appeal. But that judgment will be tested at the Supreme Court of Nigeria. And let me say this in Hausa. Supreme Court by Warren Wasanyara. It is a policy court. It is a policy court of Nigeria. What it means is that the Supreme Court is not a playground of kids. It is a policy court of public policy for this country. And they know exactly what they are doing. That is why yeah. you need to graduate from several ranks before you arrive there. What happened at the Court of Appeal is very unfortunate. The Court of Appeal descended into the arena. They went in contravention of the doctrine of the presumption of regularity. What that means is that you cannot write an exams of WAEG and then INEC will come to give you a certificate of exams for All right, thank What you. I'm trying to say is this. Plato people must open their eyes to see what the APC have cost us. We had a deputy Senate president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria from Plato North. And the last Senate time we minority had leader. Senate, Senate minority leader, sorry, yeah. from, from Plato State. Yeah. And what that had brought to other states that we have seen is huge. And because of their self- entitlement and because of their greed and irresponsibility they cost that seat to be given to Benue. i think it's time for us to come out and punish thank them you. at the pools thank you thank February. you thank you mr winston uh mrs john kelly a final word well as it stands today the 19th of uh, december 2023 um governor kelly of Mutfan is still the governor of plateau state all he needs now is total support he needs our prayers as we meander through um, the judicial process. Um, there are certain things that um, one is running away from saying um, for want of um, time. But basically, Blato shall rise again. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, maybe part two of this conversation will maybe sometime this week or uh, the week after um, this. I'll make a final word. Um, my final word is um, I'm happy the governor has signed the appropriation bill. Um, next year, I would want to see how that bill is put in place. It's one thing to sign the bill. It's another thing for the bill to perform as is expected. Good evening. Well, good evening, dear listener. Thank you so much for uh, following the conversation, for your comment and uh, uh, participation actively, passively. My name is Ponsak Fanav. The news will come your way top of the hour, 6 o'clock. Do have a good evening. Bye now.
Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.